is a Kansas Memory, a Kansas State Historical Society podcast featuring glimpses of Kansas history from documents in the Library and Archives collections. On November 2nd, Kansas voters elected our 46th governor, Sam Brownback. It's interesting to compare and contrast the issues of this year's election with those that were considered most important in past races. Dr. Bob Beatty, a professor of political science at Washburn University, conducted interviews from 2004 to 2008 with former governors for the Kansas Governor's Recorded History and Documentary Project, and these interviews are the basis of a series of articles published in Kansas History Magazine. Dr. Beatty recorded two interviews with Mike Hayden, who held office from January 12, 1987 to January 14, 1991. This podcast features excerpts from the first interview on November 24, 2003. Mike Hayden is different from other recent Kansas governors for several reasons. Although he didn't follow in their footsteps, he grew up on his family's farm near Atwood, one of the small shrinking towns in far northwest Kansas. He's always been an avid hunter and fisher. Conservation of wildlife and natural resources has been a central theme throughout his career in public service. He originally became involved in politics because of his interest in public land, natural resource, and water issues. Hayden received a degree in wildlife conservation from Kansas State, then served in the Army in Vietnam before getting his master's from Fort Hayes State University. In 1972, when he was only 28, Hayden was elected to the Kansas legislature to represent Rollins, Cheyenne, Decatur, Sheridan, and part of Norton counties. He served in the legislature, including five years as Speaker of the House, until his decision to run for governor in 1986. His campaign emphasized his understanding of rural Kansas and his combat experience, as well as his years in the Kansas House of Representatives. It was, it was a very crowded uh, Republican primary. And uh, my campaign manager, uh, who was from Atwood, and uh, one of my major campaign advisors from Wichita State University, they, they devised a plan that said what we should do in that campaign is we should try to carry all of the counties with less than 10,000 people in them, of which in Kansas there are around 90 such counties at that time. And I think we actually carry like 89 of those. We appealed to people uh, with a grassroots approach, small town, uh, agricultural based, concern about and a closeness to the land uh, and grassroots politics, if you will, really. Uh, and we also combined that with somewhat of a populist uh, refrain. And in a crowded primary, the other candidates were essentially competing for the urban vote. Uh, they, they were pitting, uh, you know, there was a candidate from Wichita, so, so they were running. Uh, there, were, there were other candidates from almost all the urban centers or the eastern third of the state. So our goal was to, to run strong in the small counties not get to be too bad in the, in the urban counties. And we, we, it was a very successful strategy because as the other candidates competed for the urban vote, we did everything we could to solidify the rural vote. 
and, and ultimately won that primary. And actually, uh, against some very good candidates, some very quality candidates, and we did win it actually with a, with a pretty darn good margin uh, because the, the rural people really heard our message and they really turned out. Governor Hayden called a special session of the legislature in 1987 to try to get a state highway plan passed. Good highways and the infusion of money and construction jobs they provided were an issue that resonated with rural Kansas voters. When I, when I came into office, uh, I, I had as Speaker of the House uh, headed up a commission on a public agenda. And one of the issues that was identified that was so sorely needed was improvements in the infrastructure of Kansas, particularly our highways. We have the third largest highway system in America. Uh, only Texas and California have more road miles than we do that belong to the state. Yet, uh, our highways at that time were in substantial disrepair. And so I came to the office with the idea of a major highway, comprehensive highway plan. But uh, in the first session, I didn't introduce that idea uh, because, of course, we were having financial problems as a state. We were in the recession of the 80s. We were also in the drought, not unlike today's times very similar in a lot of respects. So what I did was I, I, I studied and, and had a lot of background work done on the need for a comprehensive highway plan and in September of 1987 called a special session of the legislature. It was in my first year in office to uh, and put a bill before them to initiate a comprehensive highway plan. Well, the legislature refused to adopt it. They went home w without having done anything, essentially, during the special session. And, but I never, I never gave up on the idea. I never quit on it. And ultimately, uh, after the 88 session, and then in the 89 session, the plan really started to catch fire and people could see the economic advantage of it, people could see the safety, uh, public safety aspects of it, people needed jobs desperately across the state. And in the spring of 1989, we did pass an $8 billion comprehensive highway plan. And that plan, I'm proud to say, came in on time and under budget when it was all said and done, even though by then I had left office many years before. Uh, and and it, it, it embodies the notion that you can have an idea, and even though that, that the, the road ahead is difficult, if you stay with it, you ultimately consign that notion into law. And actually, I did that uh, in Fredonia, Kansas, signed the Comprehensive Highway Plan into law in Fredonia because it was in Fredonia that many years before I had tra traveled to talk about the need for a new highway in southeastern Kansas. And today that, that highway exists and it's US 400. Uh, and it, it, it has changed people's lives forever uh, in southeastern Kansas. 
Legislation for a new prison and a state water plan also passed during Hayden's term as governor, but he was unable to deliver on his promise to reinstate capital punishment in Kansas. That legislation passed in 1994 without the support of succeeding governor, Joan Finney. Hayden lost re-election in 1990 primarily because of reappraisal legislation that was initiated during Governor Carlin's administration and became law the year Hayden was elected. After the reforms, real estate was reappraised on a regular basis for tax purposes, whether it changed hands or not. And, and I, I want, you know, when you talk about taxes, uh, the only fair taxes, of course, are the one the other guy pays. And, and uh, in reappraisal, one of two things happen. Your taxes either go up or they go down. If they went down, well, you had it coming. And if they went up, you're mad about that. And of course, the easiest person to be mad at is the governor. So uh, I knew that uh, reappraisal would be a very, very difficult issue. And uh, it so happened, the way it worked is that uh, the people of Kansas in 1986, in the same election that I was elected in, passed and approved a reclassification amendment to the Constitution. And that reclassification amendment essentially in reappraisal protected farmers and homeowners. And they still enjoy that protection today. But if you're going to take and protect one class of taxpayer, then that means somebody else is going to pay more. And so in protecting the homeowners and the farmers, essentially taxes went up on business and on small business in particular. It was very, very difficult. So every real estate agent was upset about it. Every small business person was upset about it. Uh, some people whose homes hadn't been reappraised for 20 years, uh, when they finally got a bill that reflected their current values, well, they thought that was grossly unfair. Uh, I would say the good thing about reappraisal is that no, no governor will ever have to go through it again. So uh, it's one of those things that you, you do what you know is right, and uh, sometimes you suffer the political consequences of that. Uh, we were very fortunate to win a primary in that year against uh, several opponents, worthy opponents, who, who campaigned on the tax question on the property tax question, but they had inflicted so much damage in that primary that the Republican Party was deeply split. And, and Governor Finney, who I, of course, have known, had known for years uh, as state treasurer, she used to be a Republican, but, and then she changed to become a Democrat. She was not involved in the reappraisal question as state treasurer as I was as governor, as Governor Carlin had been, uh, who was my predecessor, who actually ran in that primary against her and probably was defeated in that primary, principally because of the reappraisal issue. Uh, so we were in a situation where Governor Finney could say, well, it's not my fault. You know, I didn't have anything to do with it. And, and it, I was in a position where it occurred on my watch, and I knew it was the right thing to do. But I also knew that politically it was, it was probably the kiss of death. And ultimately, 
uh, proved to be so as far as, as that election goes. But, but uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it any differently. Since losing his bid for re-election in 1990, Mike Hayden's career has focused on his experience with wildlife conservation. He served as Assistant Secretary of the U.S. Department of the Interior for Fish and Wildlife under the first President Bush. He was appointed as Kansas's Secretary of Wildlife and Parks by Governor Bill Graves and continues to serve in that position under Governors Sebelius and Parkinson. There, there's so much uh, corrosive uh, attitude about government. And, and, I, and, you know, I've been blessed in my life to have a lot of experiences, meet a lot of people, be a lot of places, but, but I have met uh, some of the very best people in government. And they're, they're people who truly uh, want to serve. They, they truly are there for the right, right reasons. And, and that, I think, is the best you can hope for, is, is that when your time is done, that people will feel that way about you. That, that, hey, he gave it his best shot, and he really did care about the right things, uh, you know, on behalf of, of, of folks. This has been a Kansas Memory, a Kansas Historical Society podcast. The documents used in this podcast are from Kansas Memory, a virtual repository of primary sources from our collections. The URL for this website is www.kansasmemory.org.